Paper Maid. How's it going, buddy? How's it going, buddy? It's going okay. Okay, okay. This is lasting so long, but I'm glad we're still getting to record. This as in what? This as in this global pandemic that's yes. slaughtering hundreds of millions of people? Or yeah. are you just talking about some sort of like Scared, Netflix? Oh, okay. Scaredy, boogeyman type of pandemic? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you say that because I am, my slow descent into insanity has continued oh, my for the goodness. past, for the fourth week in a row. Yep, yep. You must be deep bad. in the hole. Pretty bad. Yep. You should see my room. I have all these chalk marks on the wall, tally marks for each day. I've been in there. You know, I have a couple socks with buttons for eyes. You know, we talk real deep conversations. Yeah, you're definitely going to need therapy yeah. after this. You're going to need therapy after this. I think I found a lifelong friend in my Nike socks. I don't think so. I mean, have you ever gone to therapy before? I have. I have, you I've have? Been to, I have been to therapy once. Okay. I tried it for a little right. bit. Yeah, That's yeah, something you know, for... in touch with my feelings. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to need therapy after this too. <laughs> for sure. So, so like talking about the feelings and during the pandemic, like has your feelings about therapy changed in any type of way? Seeing how yeah. we're like isolated. Yeah, we stay I home, would say so. Like, like before, I was people. thinking, you know what? Maybe I should go see a therapist. And now I'm thinking I desperately need one. <laughs> so maybe it's changed a little bit as far as the extremity. Yeah, these drinks might not be working out for anymore. But so let's <laughs> let's 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 indulge in that in a little more. But first, let's start the show. Let's start the. show. Black Hypothesis. This is D-Langston Jules and Paper Maid and we are Black, Black Hypothesis. Hypothesis STEM for the culture. So talking about therapy it's got me thinking you know that is very much a part of this social science landscape that I feel like we either love or sometimes people shit on. And do you do you sense that? Oh yeah. yeah. So I'm a black like, man. I can't be telling people I go to therapy. I'm about to take it back right now. <laughs> you I might lose no your girl. black I card no therapy, for that. Girl. You <laughs> might. I've been no therapy. Okay, okay. So Langston never said one. that. Nobody. Ah, we never ah, said ah, that. Ah, okay. It's, it's gone. It's gone into the void. <laughs> so I actually have a great friend here with us today. Oh, she yeah? is a social scientist. Okay, she's a significant team. I was wondering who she was. Who's yes. your friend? Who's your friend? Her name is Samantha, and she works with counseling uh, at risk youth. Ah. So it's nice to have you here, Samantha. It's nice to be here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to speak with you. I think this is going to be awesome to get the chance to talk about this because I really do think that when it comes to the sciences, a lot of us find or see the value in social sciences and how they've con contributed to the world at large and the progression of science. But sometimes you get those people who, you know, don't want to really look at truth in that way and maybe play down the social sciences. Yeah. And they tend to be more of the practical sciences and the more yeah. hard sciences people. Yeah, I definitely think you're right about that. It definitely crossed my mind 
early on, but as I was going to school, you know, having friends that are more in the hard sciences, like, yeah, you just tend to get into There were air quotes for that, wow. hard sciences. Yeah, we're going to circle back on those air quotes, because I don't even know to elaborate on that. Is it hard or is it not? <laughs> but um, we definitely got into those conversations about what's more important, which science is more important, and how we all contribute to our society and things like that. So there are some people who think that the soft sciences aren't as important. But we're here to change that, aren't we? Yeah. 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 So do you, can you remember what a conversation like that was like? Well, I've had a few conversations um, because it's such a big topic, you know, we'd even bring that up in class when I was going to school and we'd have conversations basically about like the differences with hard sciences like chemistry, math, physics, and in comparison to political science, sociology, psychology. And the conversation kind of goes like, well, you know, we're looking at more practical things versus just like social things and the differences between what we have to use in our day-to-day lives, how people think that that's really just a part of our society, not necessarily something that needs to be studied, but just how we communicate and, you know, how we live our day-to-day lives. And people who are in the hard sciences don't technically feel like it's a science to do that. It's just like the social world, but Mm. it is actually a science. Yeah, and I think that's crazy because like even when you think of all the science and technology and engineering, engineers, you're trying to solve problems for the betterment of humanity. Mathematic, you're trying to use numbers and manipulate them to try to explain things that humans they observe in nature, right? Yeah. So these are all things that involve humans anyway. So why are we keep kicking out the uh, the people that actually focus only on the humans? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, that's, that's right. weird. And the way that I always thought about it was it's difficult to just omit an entire study or an entire career path when it literally has science in the name. Social sciences must mean that they are a science. And technically the definition of science is really the presence of scientific scientific theory, scientific thinking and thought. So the way that these researchers go about developing projects or, you know, publishing papers or even impacting the way we live our lives on a daily basis, all is grounded in having an idea and then coming up with ways to test that idea, testing that idea relentlessly until there is somewhat of an understanding and then coming up with a new idea to test again. And it's just a circle of action and process and never ending tale. (laughs) So in the spirit of being relentless and the spirit of keeping in mind like uh, thinking about what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish, uh, Samantha, what's the thinking behind providing therapy for your clients? Yeah, tell us about your current position now. So I am a social worker and in my current job, what I do is I help our clients to transition from like incarceration to being on their own in society and developing skills so that they can be good citizens and be able to participate in the society that we have going on the proper way. We're talking about kids who don't necessarily come from backgrounds where they had good influences and we have to, you know, use our therapy to give them or instill good practices so that when they go out, they don't return to some of the things that they were doing that got them incarcerated in the first place. Good work for the for the people. For the youth then. <laughs> 
So how do these clients of the states or the private company respond to therapy typically? Like in the beginning, you know what I mean? I feel like that's like a new environment for them considering where they're coming from and do they find it hard to open up? For the first time when you're uh, yeah so i would say actually most of our clients yes they they don't want to be there usually they are forced by a judge pretty much just like how they're they go to trial for whatever crime they committed and they're um, given a sentence for this many months in juvie and then they usually transition to my facility or a facility like mine for treatment so that they could afterwards return to their home with their parents or transition to independent living and you know participate in society on their own so um a great first meeting (laughs) so don't necessarily look at it as something that you know you're being forced to do but try to get what you want from this okay so that's like a little bit of reverse psychology Right? I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but that sounds like a little bit of reverse psychology. Right. So um, when when we do meet with our clients, it's not just like, okay, this is your treatment plan. It's, It's more so what is your plan? What is your plan and how can I help you achieve your plan? Okay. Okay. So you mentioned that some of your clients are coming from backgrounds where they don't really have positive influences. What do you mean by that exactly? So we have clients that are affiliated with gangs and have committed crimes because of that or, you know, gun trafficking, just different things like that. And so when you're surrounded by people who are all doing the same thing, it's good to get those kids out of that environment. And so um, my facility kind of withdraws them from all of that and they have to remain on the facility while treatment's going on. Or they also have like bad influences maybe in the home. Maybe they have been abused by their parents or loved ones. And, you know, because of that trauma, you know, there were air quotes for loved ones because they're (laughs) obviously not that loving. What do air quotes mean nowadays? I'm saying it, but I don't mean it. Oh, okay. I mean something completely different. That's what it means. It means take back what I'm saying right now. Googling air quotes. Sorry, please continue. You know, some of these youth, they come from troubled homes with maybe their loved one's parents or whoever is their guardian you know, traumatic things that can possibly happen like sexual abuse, verbal abuse, things like that. Or we also have youth that, you know, are affiliated with gangs or, you know, trafficking rings and things like that. So when they're part of those organizations, let's call them, or circles with their family, you know, just surrounded by people who don't have their best interest at heart, it's good to take them out of those environments and the courts see that and so do centers like my own. They see that and they take them out of those um, environments and like to maybe give them a place where they can just be surrounded by therapeutic staff, people that can help them get back on track and then hopefully reunite them with their family after family therapy if we can get that. If not, then we'll prefer the youth to go into independent living or something like that where they can now go back into society to then, you know, just have a better life. Nice. So, Samantha, so then let's say you, you're not able to do your job, right? Like your job does not exist. 
what ends up what is the ending result of these youths that um have these unaddressed mental health issues or childhood trauma that you speak of i think that's a really great question because i feel like what was happening mostly before is that we were treating these kids like they know what they're doing almost like we're treating them like adults you know we send them to juvie to finish out a sentence and then they go back to the same environments that they were in before because those are the people that they know those are the people that you know surround them and then they just continue this cycle and then end up in jail and prison and fulfilling like longer sentences and as you know those cycles continue as well so when we can get them at a young age it shows that you know, we understand that you may not know what you're doing. We want to help you get back on the right track and help you with some therapy, give you some better life skills so that you could go back out on your own and understand that there's a better way to do things. So if your company doesn't exist, we get more repeat offenders and higher incarceration rates. I would definitely say so. Okay. And I think I, I really give it up to like judges and, and different organizations that see that that's not really the right track for youth, that it's really just about, you know, giving them more resources and understanding that as long as these youth are given the opportunity to do better, that they will do better. Would you say that you work with a particular type of uh, client more so than others or is there do people specialize at this facility and what type of criminals no matter what the issue is no matter what the crime is we don't specialize in a particular crime and and therapy for one specific you know type of youth what type of resources do you focus on or instill in them? How does that normally go? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely spoke more so about that because that is what I do with the clients more so. Um, you know, it's all therapy, but there are people, you know, we have psychologists, doctors, but what I do with the clients is I help with life skills and finding resources for them for when they do leave the facility because that ensures that they don't return to the facility or return to juvie or return before the court. And so for each individual youth, I help them find those specific things that they need. I have a client who's not a citizen. He's he's not even a resident of the state. And so he needs a, a lawyer. He needs a lawyer that will help him, you know, fight for his immigration rights and things like that. So whatever the And that's the is. kind of thing you train him to be able to, right, to get. Right, to ask the right questions, you know, because here he is thinking that he he needs to just lay low, hide and, and scheme because he doesn't have the understanding or the resources to, to live a, a proper life. Because of his crime, his residency was taken away from him at a very young age. Yeah, so you mentioned these uh, the, the youth and a lot of these kids or young men or young women, they've committed these offenses when they were younger and now they're like paying for it now, right? But they're still growing up, they're still experiencing in life, they're still developing uh, and learning, uh, mentally, psychologically. So I, I wanted to know, like, have you seen or like what's the most insightful thing a client has ever shared with you? The most insightful thing that I've learned 
um, through my, you know, sessions and things like that with the youth. And that would be that I myself have biases. And Mm -hmm. I feel like before, you know, I thought I was trained not to to do that you know you have to be culturally aware and all this stuff and I know those things but at the same time the way you were raised can sometimes seep in there and I will as as one of my my colleagues will say they they've heard Mr. and Mrs. coming from me when mm-hmm. I'm talking to the youth and mm-hmm. I'm just like oh man I can't believe I did that like you're right I think I think that I do you know take some of those lessons and the way I was raised into some of my sessions and that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. I'd say the most insightful thing that I've learned and most of the youth have the same insight honestly but it is that it can be so hard to get back on track when you feel completely lost and misunderstood and when they tell you about their their story or where they come from or what's preventing this like growth or for them to keep on going what they're lacking is why like why should I do this? And it's hard to make someone understand without their own will to want to understand. That's what I think my clients have taught me, that they also need to want to do it. There has to be a want. There has to be will. It's not as simple as just showing up and making and putting right. a recipe together right. and saying, All right, I, can't, I can't do it on my own. Like mm-hmm. the client needs to put in the work as well. All right, all right, all right. Positivity, growth, all right, all that's cool. But what's the worst thing you ever heard in a therapy session? I mean, like, scary, dark <laughs> shit. You know oh. what I mean? I, I, want, I want you to give me something like, yo, when I go home, I'm going to have to talk to my sock and have to, like, unload <laughs> my, my, my friend's sock mic. I'll unload a whole bunch of things I learned today. You know what I mean? Because it's a scary world out here. You yeah, know I mean? it is scary. It is scary. Tell me some stuff that I'm okay with this quarantine and I'm okay with just staying inside because the world outside is scary. Well, you know, um... <laughs> I would say that when some of my, when you hear about some of the stuff that my clients have been through, some of the trauma, it's rough, okay? Um, I do have clients that have committed some pretty awful things. One of my clients, he sexually assaulted his siblings. Damn. Yeah, he has a few siblings, a lot actually, and um, four of his younger siblings he assaulted. Oh, fuck, Mr. Sauce gonna hear about this. Yeah. This oh my God. Yeah. And Jesus! multiple times so with the crime that he's committed he's not going to ever be off of you know the list (laughs) and what is the list uh the sexual offenders list yes so you know if sounds exclusive when you say it like that though like are you on the list i'm sorry go ahead go ahead ahead. (laughs) so um whatever town whatever town he moves into he will always have to notify the police department he won't be able to live too close to a school or anything like that um, and, and a school will have to be notified when he moves into the vicinity the police will need to know where he works and, and that's a really tough place to be especially when your crime was committed when you were a very young kid to know that when you're old and gray 
you'll still have to do this it's kind of but I'm okay with that though like I feel like <laughs> I'm I'm definitely okay with that I need to know everybody needs to I know I want this list actually yeah I, this I is really an actual want, list I tell me where list. it's at well, you, so I can take a look and then memorize these names I, yeah. and addresses what I've realized you know, with working with these kids you kind of start to to feel bad though for them because now I know this kid on a much personal level and I can see what he did was a mistake or I can see his growth now and know that he's not the same in the same place where he was when he was younger. So for me to know that he's never going to be able to get out of this situation, that he's always going to be seen as a criminal, I, I can feel that that pain for him a little bit. You know, I have that empathy. I understand. <laughs> I can say that I understand. I can understand. That's that. all I can say. But I, uh, but I can understand that you're like in that space where. Yeah, I don't you, work you, with you, these you, people. Right, right, exactly. I don't know them. I'll never see them. All I know is the I probably have the same and the list. So when you don't have like that type of perspective, your yeah. optics are different. It's definitely different. You know? Would you say that m- more people? have the same mentality we have or your point of view do you feel like a lot of people are against your clients or trying to work do they feel like everybody's out to get them yeah definitely i feel like most people see my clients as criminals and not as young men i only work with men uh, or young adults that are male (laughs) But I do feel like the public at large, you know, definitely believes that they're criminals and see them as such. And if you were to hear about some of the crimes that they've committed, you're going to want to distance yourself. And uh, they themselves see themselves as criminals as well. And when we go through therapy, we try to, to open that up. When I interact with them, I don't treat them like that. I treat them as an individual and not just a crime that they committed. And that's very important for their growth. So for our listeners who are thinking of entering a career in the social sciences, specifically therapy or psychology, something of that nature, what are some of the things that you think you want to impart on them for warnings or something? I would say that it is a difficult field to be in. It's a difficult field to be in because it's hard work. Sometimes you have to, you know, work your butt off for somebody who might not even want your help, you know, but you want to do it for the greater good. You kind of want to be a superhero in a sense. And you go in thinking like, okay, I'm going to help all these people. I'm going to make their lives better. I'm going to make the, you know, society better. But at the same time, you know, as I said before, it takes that person's cooperation and participation and um, there's only so much you can do on your own it's fun it's fun at the same time okay thank you all right so i think we're gonna wrap it up here i just have one more question for you okay one more and we'll let you walk out the door okay is that all right listen there's a global pandemic what is the first thing you're going to do once everything reopens up? I'm going to go get a drink with my friends. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, that, it sounds like the sun will be needed and we'll be in dire need of some vitamin definitely, D after this is all over. For sure. As, as um, 
what what are they calling employees such as myself these days? Essential, Essential workers. workers. Essential. Yeah. I never I never stopped working. So, but what I did have to stop doing is going out, you know, to social places um, with with friends and family, and that's what I'm kind of waiting to do again. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. So I'm waiting to do that too. <laughs> Me three. Samantha, you were a great guest. Thank, Thank you for you coming so by much. on the show. Thank you for being so our happy guest. to showing us a Definitely. different side of the soft sciences. Okay. Yes. It's we always love- interesting talking to you about, you know, therapy and stuff. Yeah, and I think mm. you, know, you told uh, you heard about my sock thing. I mean, you wasn't yeah, in the conversation, yeah, yeah. You, but you may I have a sock, a, so I might need some of your therapy. In the loop with that, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. I think uh, maybe I should take your number down. You know, we could probably go yeah, out for some drinks and we'll talk side. about. Okay, all right, I'll bring Mr. Sock too because we've been having our own problems. <laughs> you know, I feel like he just doesn't understand me like he should <laughs> since I gave him life and his eyes and everything. And to so. let you guys out, I'm gonna end on this that. All of what we've spoken about here today, therapy, psychology and such, getting involved in the social sciences, these pathways are built upon scientific research, scientific papers and documentation of of proof of success for some individuals. And so that kind of work is stuff that you can all get into. You can be a social worker, sociologist, a psychologist, or these things would are even applicable to police officers and uh, policy leaders. So know that social sciences are sciences. And I will say you are basing it on data and facts, but you're also basing it on the simple premise that we are human beings and we have a civic duty to make our world a better place. And that's definitely something that you guys do. And we thank you for everything that you do and to keeping us sane in all of our situations that uh, we're going through. Damn, y'all learned all that today (laughs) from Black Hypothesis? This is a deep fucking show, all right? Okay, dropping knowledge. Thanks for being on the show. Listen, if you like this episode, please give us five stars and also subscribe to our podcast. If you didn't like this episode, which is not true, give us five stars. Subscribe to this podcast. If you'd like to be on the show, if you have more ideas for things that we can maybe do, maybe we could do like video conferencing uh, type of things where we can invite a whole bunch of people, like a listening audience type of thing or whatever other idea you have. You can hit us up at blackhypothesis at gmail.com. You can also hit us up at... Black Hypothesis on Instagram. Like our photos. Use our names and hashtags. Let us, you know, try to build a bigger community out here. And once again, Samantha, thank you. And good night, everybody.